Welcome to First Laughs, the show about starting out, standing up. On this episode, throwing it all away. Last weekend was the final regularly scheduled weekend. I think there might have been about four extra syllables in, in the word regularly. Regularly scheduled weekend of Wisecrackers in State College, which thus far is the only place where I've done stand-up comedy. And as such, it means that this last weekend was the last time I'm on a calendar to do stand-up until sometime in 2016. Now, I hope I will find other places to do it, because that's a very, very long time to go without exercising the comedy muscle. But in any case, this weekend was it for now, and it was a really fun weekend. I'll tell you a little bit more about the second night's show after I play you some audio from the first night. The first night was a Friday at Celebration Hall, the main place that we do stand up in State College. It was packed. It was a a fundraiser. Very, very good crowd, large crowd. And I did something I've never done before, which was on my scooter ride from my house to the club, I threw out my set and wrote a new one in my head based on a conversation I had had that morning with someone at Webster's. Now, after I do the new material, you will hear me go into some stuff that you've probably heard before. But it was, I don't know, a bold move for me, I guess. I got on stage never having done this material, which obviously at this point so new in my comedy career is often true, but really only having even thought about it on the ride from my house to the club, which was not a very long ride. But I thought, what the heck? It seemed kind of funny to me when it happened in the morning. I told it to one other person and it went over pretty well. And so I figured, if not now, when? Because this is the last night. And although there was a another night of comedy the next night, it was in the place referenced in this new material, and I think you'll hear why I couldn't have done this material the following evening. So here's my set from Wisecrackers on Friday, the 29th of May, 2015, and I'll say a little more about it at the end, particularly related to some advice I got from one of the comedians. But uh, it is all for you, and we're doing it all for you, and we are going to have some fun tonight. Brian McFadden is here from New York City. Brian McFadden is here. Peter Bales is here. Peter Bales is here. And your MC tonight, you saw him a little bit earlier, very funny guy. He's a popular podcaster and a radio personality, and one of our favorite MCs at Wisecrackers. Please give a warm welcome for Jason Crane. Jason! Keep clapping for me! I'm great. Now everybody in the back clap for me, everybody who fell asleep during the silent auction. Good, thank you, both of you. Mom, Dad, good to see you guys. Welcome to Wisecrackers, the club for smart white people. The four of you sitting next to a non-white person, I know, felt uncomfortable laughing at that joke, as you should. This would also be my favorite story in the Bible, the three wisecrackers showing up at the manger with some chewing tobacco and some NASCAR tickets and a rifle. We followed a 76 sign. 
Thank you. One person is seeing 76 before. Appreciate that. Whole rest of the show is right to you. She's already friended me on Facebook, and I don't even know what her name is. Diana. Our, Diana. <laughs> she told me her name. That's great, because most of my set is about being single, so I'm glad I'm going to get to fix that problem tonight. That's wonderful. With my new internet stalker seated right in the front. That's, that's awesome. Hey, uh, has anybody in here ever been to Webster's? It's a bookstore downtown. Wow. Of the rest of you, by round of applause, how many have read a book? <laughs> All right. Apparently they seated uh, maybe comatose people in the back. I'm not exactly sure what's happening in the back, back of the room. It's, oh, maybe the sound's not carrying. That's it. In like four minutes, everything I'm saying right now is going to be really funny in the back of the room, which will be great. So I, uh, I work at Webster's because, surprisingly, doing silent auctions is not enough to make a living. Uh, and the other day I was at Webster's and there was this sweet little old lady who was there. I mean, she, this is no exaggeration to say she was easily in her mid-90s. She was still getting around great. And she asked me for the science fiction section. And I was taking her over, walking her, holding onto my, uh, my arm. And she said, I just moved here from Bisbee, Arizona. And I hate to say this, but, and she looked me up and down. There were a lot of fat people in central Pennsylvania. <laughs> takes away from the sweet old lady tag a little bit, doesn't it? She's dead now. But our bathrooms are well insulated, so it'll be a while before anybody smells anything. But just use the men's room if you come to Webster's for the next couple of months. That's my advice. I mean, I don't think it's that bad. If you look at me from this angle, I mean, I've put on a little weight. Now, admittedly, if you look at me from this angle, there is a bit of a third trimester thing going on. I should have names picked out, maybe. Be painting a room in a neutral color. Speaking of color, for the few of you who weren't made uncomfortable by the smart white people thing, today I ran into a friend of mine at the store, a beautiful African-American woman, and I, just, I only mentioned that she's African-American because she said, I'm coming to your comedy show. And I said, oh, that's awesome. I'll see you tonight at Celebration Hall. And she said, no, 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 I'm going to the show tomorrow. And I said, you know the show tomorrow is in Mill Hall, Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> Anybody here? First of all, is anyone from Mill Hall? No, of course not, because they don't have cars, right? How can anyone make it all the way to State College from Mill Hall? I didn't see a buggy outside. I said, you're, you're going to Mill Hall? I mean, God bless you for increasing the African-American population there to one. And she said, yeah. She said, as a matter of fact, my, my partner and I just moved there. And I, I was stunned. I, I said, did you want to get closer to the clan, but you still wanted winter? <laughs> There's a lot of people in non-ironic camouflage out here who aren't laughing at any of the Mill Hall material, I'm noticing. And I only came here on a scooter, so I'm not going to be able to outrun any of y'all, especially this Harley Davidson brother right here. He's going to chase me down before I get 20 feet, so I'll say something really nice about you in just a few minutes, I promise. But she said, yeah, they, they were able to buy a really cheap house to fix up. Which, I mean, of course it was cheap. They, you know, first they had to remove the cross that had been burnt on the front lawn. <laughs> Somebody in the back said, Jesus. That's always the threshold I go for. When a person in the audience goes, Jesus, after I say something, figure, all right, now it's comedy. That's wonderful. 
But anyway, tomorrow night, if you're interested in either laughing or running for your life, we're going to do all this over again in Mill Hall, Pennsylvania. Yeah, are you going to be there? Oh my god, thank you. As long as you're on my side, that's all I care about. Because no one in Mill Hall will fuck with us if it's me and you. We're going to be totally fine. Excuse my cursing. I know there are some children in the audience, right? Where are they? Just need to have them removed by the guards. There's one. Oh, I got somebody self-identified as a child. That's very brave of you. Thank you very much. Oh, also, um, if you ever decide to do stand-up comedy, this is a, one more shot at Mill Hall. The venue that we're doing the stand-up comedy in tomorrow night at Mill Hall, where here we have a beautiful little sign that says the name of the comedy club. At the venue in Mill Hall, this is a big bingo board. <laughs> yeah. It's just like an ego check for the comics, basically. If you think, you know, I think my career is going pretty... Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> B7. <laughs> Tomorrow night, I was thinking... By round of applause, is it, who's heard of Andy Kaufman? Okay. First of all, these two women raise their hands. So first of all, let's go over what... By round of applause, how many people know what by round of applause means? All right, excellent, excellent. That's, instead of raising, you put them together. Um, so, yeah, Andy Kaufman was a comedian, uh, mostly in the 70s. If you ever saw the show Taxi, he was Balky on Taxi. Diana has seen Taxi. Oh, and two other people in the back had TVs in the 70s. That's great. Other people we know aren't from Millhall. So, uh, Andy Kaufman, in addition to being a comedian, he was very famous for really getting into roles that he would not get out of. Like, he would just be in character all the time. So I thought tomorrow night, and I haven't talked myself out of this plan yet, I thought that since there's an enormous bingo board, today I bought a set of ping pong balls yes. and a Sharpie on which I wrote, this is, this is for real, on which I wrote letters and numbers. And I thought tomorrow I would just go up and call a bingo game for as long as I could until somebody made me stop or my time ran out just to see how uncomfortable I could make the crowd. <laughs> like wonder, why didn't we get the cards to play? We don't have anything to play on, and he's calling the numbers already. Like, have a little thing of prizes, maybe, next to me on the stage. I really, I just think it might be the only good comedy idea I've ever had, is to attempt to lead a bingo game tomorrow in Mill Hall. The last time we went to Mill Hall, as God is my witness, a woman had what appeared to be a Christmas tree made out of Budweiser that she was just removing a level of as the evening went on until she had no Christmas tree left. And she was yelling out loudly during the whole rest of the show. So I figure, if that's the standard, we gotta be able to play a game of bingo, right? That's gotta work. This guy right here, he and I are gonna call bingo tomorrow night in Mill Hall. What's your name right here? Brandon. Brandon? Yes. Awesome. Brandon and I call him bingo in Mill Hall to the shocked surprise of, of the Mill Hall comedy goers, who I think will think they're maybe at a monster truck pull or something. I'm not sure they even expect us to tell jokes during that whole thing. So come out to Mill Hall tomorrow. That's my, that's my advice for you. So uh, I mentioned earlier the whole thing about, about weight, and uh, this might surprise you, but I'm single. You don't seem as stunned as I thought you would be. I'm 41 and I'm single, and I live in a college town where the average age is 13. And that makes dating hard, because I don't even have a van. <laughs> it's a lot harder to get somebody to get on your scooter with a lollipop, I'm just telling you. <laughs> I debated.
debated not telling that joke because sitting right here is my friend lori, whose thirteen year old daughter comes into the store and talks to me every single day and i kind of walked over to lori before the show and i said, you're going to know a lot more about me after this show than you knew from webster's and it's not going to be good so if her child never comes back into the store and i'm on a watch list tomorrow we'll know why well, you know it's funny. I was just about to launch into another whole story. Let's just skip that. We'll save it for later because there's lots and lots of great stuff to, to still to come tonight. There are some amazing comedians to come tonight. After me, I mean. But right now, would you practice clapping for them by clapping for me as if I had been funny? Yeah. That was very, very convincing. I, I appreciate that. I really appreciate your faked, your faked support. Thank you very much. Uh, your first, your second, I almost said your first comedian tonight. Just completely invalidating everything I've just done. Your, your first comedian tonight, thank God. You, you've seen him on A&E, you've seen him on VH1, you've seen him on Fox. Those are probably all owned by the same company right now, aren't they? Would you please put your hands together for Peter Bales. Peter Bales, here we go! Jason Crane, come on, give him a hand, Jason! So there it is. The second night, we were actually in the place that I was talking about at the beginning of that set. And that place had, as I think I mentioned in that set, an enormous bingo board behind us. So I brought with me ping pong balls that had letters and numbers written on them. And I called a bingo game until a friend of mine in the audience who I had planted yelled bingo. And I tossed her a candy bar. And it was strange. <laughs> I don't know if it worked. But I had a good time. And then I did uh, some material that you've heard other times on this show, particularly the the story about the police showing up at my house. And it went okay. Um, I didn't do great, and but I, I did fine. Uh, the other comics did very well. And after the set, uh, Brian McFadden, one of the comedians, was talking to me, and he said, you know, a lot of times when we do shows, professional comics like he and Peter Bales, who I worked with, when we get up on stage after the MC, we're doing damage control because the MC has angered the audience or said something horribly inappropriate or just been terrible. And he said it was nice not to have to do that with you, which was lovely. And I said thank you, but I said it would actually be even more valuable to me if there if you could give me some advice because I'm so new. And I told him in particular that I think that my sets just end, that they don't have any coherent ending, and I feel like I'm not doing a great job of of killing at the end, really really having a strong closer that then I can use to roll into my introduction of the next comedian. I feel like I just kind of stop, and then I have to do that line about clap for me because I was great, just to get people clapping so that they're clapping before the next comedian comes up. And his advice, which was great advice, and which in fact he uses really, really skillfully in his own set, at least the time two times that I heard him, uh, he said, you need to write a closer, first of all, that's that kills, but also that is a callback to things you referenced earlier in the set. And his advice was to write the closer and then reverse engineer the set to lead up to it. And I think maybe, you know, I can do a combination of that where I find some material in the stuff I have now, material that works, 
and see if there's anything I could use for a closer in there, and then figure out ways to kind of make that material recur throughout the set. He does this particularly well with a, a phrase in Spanish, for example, the two times that I saw him, which he drops into his set a couple times, and then when he gets to the end of his set and he drops this phrase one more time, you know, the whole audience is in on this thing. It's like an in-joke that they already are in on, and they've only been listening to him, you know, for 40 minutes or 45 minutes. So I thought that was great, great advice, and I, you know, I'm going to start working on that for either more shows this year or, or absolutely for next season. Uh, that idea that the whole set gets kind of tied up, no matter how short it is, kind of tied up in a bow, and people know, oh, okay, that's a natural endpoint because now we've called back to something I heard before. It makes sense. It's funny. I laugh. He introduces the next comedian. On we go. So I was really, I was really grateful to Brian for that advice. And I mean, this is a guy with years and years and years of experience, you know, done TV and been all over the country. So uh, it meant a lot to me to get a chance to to pick his brain. So for now, uh, I won't have. I, I think I'll do a show kind of of the leftover bits. Like I have some sets that I haven't played for you on this show. I'll put that together. I've got at least one interview in the can that you haven't heard yet, uh, and you'll get a chance to hear that. And then we'll see what happens. I need to find some other places to do comedy so that I can keep bringing you episodes of First Laughs because it's a lot less interesting if I'm not doing stand-up. But I think I'll be able to do that. I might have to create them myself, but I live in a small town, and creating opportunities is not all that hard. For now, though, thanks so much for listening. Thank you to Josh Rutner for designing the logo, and I hope you will come back next time, whenever that next time is, for the next episode of First Laughs. (laughs) Beep, <laughs>